Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Hi, and welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I am your host, Betsy Wiersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. That is what is so cool. So in this moment, in this time, in this energy, you get to pick. You get to learn new things. You get to discover things. You get to get connected to amazing people. So this is how my favorite part of how the world works. Joe Packham, forever, I have read a magazine called Where Women Create. And I would see her like thing in the front. And I'd be like, she sounds like really cool. I would love to know her. So I secretly in my universe said, one day, maybe I could meet Joe Packham. And how it works, Joe Packham and I are working together in Colorado uh, on a women's program. And I was just like, you need to come to Boost Power Podcast to inspire women of the world. So Joe, uh, publisher, editor-in-chief of Women Create Magazines, uh, convener of women, for good in the world. Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you for including me. It is such an honor always to meet all of you and be inspired by all of you and learn about all of you. So the honor is mine. It is just simply a pleasure to be here. Well, you and me are similar in that we're behind the scenes a lot. Like I I don't want to be the president, but I'm happy to make everything happen for somebody great in leadership. Uh, and I've seen that, you know, you don't have beautiful magazines and great storytelling and global memberships without a lot of behind the scenes work. But my experience is people look at successful people like you and they make up stories. Well, that Joe, probably easy, um, you know, bond, bond, a lot of bonbons. Um, and so I like to go back and talk a little bit about your path, like what kind of education, who were you growing up? You know, what were some of those life things? that got you on this path to being a creator of this cool um, Women Create magazine group and this membership. Um, so go back. Were you that kid? Were you writing for the yearbook? Joe, tell us the truth. I was not that kid. And I never dreamed of being that kid. It wasn't, um, I always say to everybody that I am just a small town homegrown girl who does the best with what she was given. And that came from my mother. Um, my mother was raised, um, her mother was sold out of Italy when she was 11 years old. And her parents did that because they thought it was her only chance of survival. They were starving to death. They were really poor and they sold her to a 35 year old man. And um, my mother was raised in a tar paper shack on the side of the Kazi Dam and she crawled under the railroad uh, cars um, every morning to go to school because for her, the most important thing in her life and the biggest accomplishment was to graduate from high school. She wanted that more than anything. And then um, she had a really, you know, difficult life. She was a waitress. I mean, she was a high school graduate, but she had no training. She was a waitress and um, my dad was her second husband, which in those days was unusual, more unusual. And, but what she taught me was she was incredibly creative and she was the hardest worker and had more hope than anyone I'd ever known. And her theory always was, you can do whatever you wanna do. You just simply have to learn how. 
And her goal for me was to graduate from college or from high school. She College was never on the agenda. And to get a job someplace like with the US government or a big company where you had retirement and benefits and you could always buy groceries because she really was afraid we would starve to death. Wow. And so um, I, I, I was not, I was a four point student in high school, but I can't say I was a great student. I was always in trouble. I was always the one that I got kicked out of the sixth grade nice. and um, would not go back. So um, I had this really mean, mean teacher in the sixth grade and we had, I had a really good male friend and I didn't know it at the time, but I believe he was gay. And my teacher was really mean to him. And one time he said really mean things to him. And I stood up and said, you can't say that. And in those days, they took me right down to the principal and the principal said, you have to apologize. And I said, never, not until he says he's sorry. So they kicked me out of the sixth grade and told me I couldn't come back. And so I didn't go back and because I refused to apologize. So when I went, when it was time to go to the seventh grade, they just let it go <laughs> and let me into the seventh grade. So I was, I did my homework, I, I got the grades, but I wasn't a great student. I was always causing trouble and I hated college from the bottom of my soul. And um, so I went for a couple of years, then I got married and all I really wanted to be was a housewife and have lots of kids. I wanted a big family. And um, my husband went to law school and I had a baby and life changes and I came home and I don't know why I had an idea, but I was driving down the freeway one night at midnight and called my best friend and said, I have an idea. I'm moving back to Utah and we need to open a retail store. And she said, what are we going to sell? And I said, art supplies. And Linda and I, I was, I always lived in Linda's shadow. Linda was my very best friend from the time we were four years old. We've been best friends for 65 years. And um, she is unbelievably talented, a great artist, um, a fabulous writer, really gregarious. And I was the girl behind the scenes that made it happen. So she'd get the ideas for how to decorate the prom and I would get the team together to make sure that the prom got decorated. Of course. That was my goal <laughs> and my job. And I was happy with it. I loved it. And so when I came up with this idea to sell art supplies to the university, I of course called Linda, right? And said, let's do this. And she said, okay. And so um, we did it. We put together this it was called Apple Arts. It was this adorable store. We sold art supplies. She, we, she taught all the classes. I did the behind the uh, scenes work. And then I got an idea, counted cross stitch, entered the mar US market. Yeah, um, I was doing counted cross stitch with you. Yeah, with Gloria and Pat, right? And um, I said to Linda, I've got an idea. And I think we need to do cross stitch books and they need to have finishing instructions and we need to do projects. And she stood <laughs> in the middle of Apple Arts and said, uh, no, no, I don't wanna do that. And um, you're not gonna do it. And I said, and why would that be? And she said, because you can't do it without me. Ooh. Because for our entire 25 years, we had spent together doing everything together. 
and she was getting married and her husband didn't want her to work. And so I, wow. um, da, 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 da. I need some music on this podcast for this moment. Okay, they're all on the edge of their seats. And you said Linda. Well, Linda. So this is a funny story. So I had a friend who worked in the building that we worked in, and he came to me and he said, I have a friend who is moving back from San Francisco, and his wife is really creative, and she works for Sunset Stitchery, and will you be her friend? Because she doesn't know anybody in Ogden. And I said, no. And he said, no. And I said, no, I have this brand new baby. I have this store. I have, you know, all these things I want to do. And he said, okay. So then the day Linda said to me, no, and you can't do it without me. I called Chip and I said, okay, I want to meet your friend. And so he said, okay, so you and Scott, my first husband, come over. I'll set up a night and we'll meet at their house. So we went out to Tyson Rockies and they had just moved here. They had beanbag chairs and orange crates and nothing on the wall and this big house. And she had a baby too, about the size, about the age of mine. And so we were sitting, they had this really, really long living room and they had two beanbag chairs on one end and two beanbag chairs on the other end. And we were sitting on one end and Tyson and Rocky were sitting on the other end and he said, um, I mean, no artwork, no history. I didn't even know if I liked her. And um, so she said, why are you here? And I said, I have this idea to do cross stitch books and I can't draw them. I can sell them. I can get them put together. I knew nothing about publishing, nothing. I just knew it was a good idea, right? The time had come. And um, so she said, and I said, I would like you to come to work for me as my artist, as if I had any money. It never even occurred to me I'd need any money. And um, she said, I won't come to work for you, but I'll come to work with you 50-50. Well, it was like somebody flipped up a like a cue card yep. and both of our husbands stood up at exactly the same time. And they both said, this is impossible to believe, but they both said, we forbid you to do that. Oh. And That's so a lawyer. it gets worse after the Linda now we have the (laughs) denial right and so my husband was a lawyer and said legally that's impossible and her husband was a very prominent CPA and he said you guys have absolutely no money of course you're not going to do that and we walked across the room and shook hands and started it was called the Vanessa Ann collection after our two daughters we named the company and we started at that moment, and that was about 35 years ago. And it's changed over the years, and I have a million stories to tell, but they're all equally as unbelievable because I guess my gift and my strength is, is and the w- reason I've always featured women is that I know when an idea is a good idea, and I know how to find the people to get it done, And I love being the behind the scenes person. Being an editor in chief is really hard for me because the first 20 years of my career, nobody knew who I was. 
they we the name of the company was the Vanessa Ann Collection. My picture was never anywhere. No one knew anything about me, and we'd go to market and have these award-winning booths and people would come in and I never spoke in public and people would always come, buyers would come in the booth and say, I met Vanessa Ann, I really like her. And I'd say, you know what, she's great to work for. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> right, but when we went into magazine publishing, I felt it was important that the world knew that it was a small independent magazine owned by one woman so that they would know that anything is possible, right? And that's when I started putting my name on things and my picture in the magazine. So, and I've always been passionate about supporting women because frankly, I'm not very good with guys. I, I, I don't understand the way they think. I can't wrap my head around why they do what they do, but creative women are my people, right? I mean, I get it all. Well, um, I, everyone is sitting on the edge of their seats. I'm going to upgrade this podcast with sound effects now after your story, because we had two cliffhangers in the first the first 10 minutes. Um, I totally understand. People always say, well, why don't you have a global network for men? I'm like, because I don't really care what the men do. I would rather play with the women. So you and I have just one more of a thousand things in common. You're listening to Boost Power Podcast with Joe Packham, and we will be right back. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Weersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. I know I need sound effects for the cliffhangers because, and, but what I love about Joe's story is how many of us in life make up, oh yeah, I'm the perfect partner with somebody. And then when you step in front or you have the new idea, they slam you back to your space, right? They tell you you can't, or they say, no, 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 it's all about me. And how cool to watch the amazing story of Joe Packham standing up to what worked for a while. And, you know, I call it work or not work. It worked for a while. But then Joe was growing into her destiny and she needed to find her next great partner. And uh, what a fun, fun story. So now, Joe, we fast forward. Um, you told me when I first met you, I was cleaning out my building and I had to throw out a thousand, I'm not making this up, a thousand titles. I, when I first got to know you, I went into the archives everywhere looking around for old Joe books for fun and came up with your bead bracelet, um, friendship bracelet making book. So I was like, wouldn't it be fun to have Joe come to my retreat and we should make friendship bracelets from her book. Uh, I don't even figure out which friendship bracelet we could actually make yet, but um, tell everybody a little bit about what happened after you created this partnership and then you headed into publishing and then how that has brought you to today where you serve so many women with the magazines and now with this incredible creative community. Well, I was in book publishing for years with Tease. And then after, um, uh, after about 10 years, um, partners are hard 
and um, you have, it's like a marriage, you have to be willing to get a divorce. And we went separate ways. And I continued in uh, publishing hardbound books for about 17 years. And it was a good run. I loved the run. And then um, my publisher called me one day and he had sold the publishing company to uh, another very large company. And they said to us, we were probably doing 30 or 40 books a year. And they came to us and said, we want you to do a hundred books a year. So we ramped up, that's a book every three days. And so we ramped up and we were doing a hundred books a year. And then they changed their mind and closed the publishing company. They called us on Christmas Eve and said, we're done. And they wouldn't, we went to court, we did everything and they wouldn't pay us any back money or any money owing. So I, when you are working on a hundred titles a year, you're actually working on 300 because you're working on a hundred finishing, a hundred in progress and a hundred that you're starting, right? And so um, I lost everything. I lost my house, I lost my building. I lost absolutely everything. And then another long story we'll talk about. I got the opportunity to do the magazines and I took it and I thought it would be like book publishing. So I thought, oh, I have, I'm good, right? I have this under control. Well, magazine publishing isn't like book publishing. It's very different. But that was uh, 13 years ago, 14 years ago. And I've been in magazine publishing and just actually last August, I lost everything again. My publisher was turned upside down by COVID and he didn't, I, he owed me money from last November and has never paid us. And so I actually closed everything down. Everything went sideways. I lost everything again. I lost my, my building down on 25th street. I lost everything, but I found a new publisher in December and put together a new team. And our first books hit news, our first magazines hit newsstands in March. And we have a three-year contract and we're moving forward one more time. Wow. And I'm so glad you're saying this out loud. Number one, many people say, oh, successful people never have failures. I grew up as a middle-class, working-class entrepreneurial dad. And when we were growing up, I wondered why we moved to Michigan and North Carolina and back to Indiana. And all I could remember was I kissed a boy in Michigan. The girls said I talked funny in North Carolina. And we had a vacuum cleaner in the wall of our house. And then all of a sudden, we were in an apartment, right? And in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, that's all I processed. Well, the truth was we had bankruptcies. And my dad, you know, was trying to get in corporate America. He hated it. He was an entrepreneur. So we came back. He tried something else, failed, fell flat on his face. And all I knew is there was a pool at the apartment, and that was really cool. Little did I know, we didn't have a pot to pee in, you know, and he was faking it. And we still had a Schwinn bike. And that's why I remember I had my Schwinn bike. But I didn't know he had all this debt just to keep the family alive, you know. So I'm so glad that you have, the, um, that you're brave because someone listening to this today needs to hear it is okay. Like, it's not okay that the publisher did that. It's not okay to go through the pain and anguish. But look at you today as you stand with your brand, probably the right publisher, the expansion of thinking to take their, your best forward into the world. So thank you for sharing that part. I know one thing you also wanted to talk about today is this 
importance of women in community. And I think one thing that happened in uh, 2020 with COVID is we did artsy afternoons. If you knew me at the time, you would have come on. We just turned on the Zoom every Saturday from noon until four. And you brought your cross stitch, you brought your whatever you're working on, your paint, your watercolor. And we just chatted because we were so freaked out that we were stuck in our homes that art was our only thing that we just thought, like, if we're making art together, you know, it's going to be okay. And so we call those artsy afternoons. Um, talk about the importance of community for women and especially the women you serve, the creative community. I think community is essential um, for um, for our well-being mentally, right? Um, like you said, to have somebody depend on when you don't want to be alone. But if you're in business, you need a community. The only thing I have to say too about community is that not everyone in the community is are good people. In every community, there are people who are hurtful or there for the wrong reasons. So you have to learn to um, kind of protect yourself and be careful. But, and what is too bad about that is like, you can have a thousand women who are there all the time for you, will do anything for you. And it only takes one or two to make a lot of noise, right? To make it seem um, difficult and to keep uh, persevering. But, you know, when I lost everything in August, it was August 15th, I'll never forget. Um, one of my friends, totally unbeknownst to me, when she saw the first sale signs in my building, we were sitting on the stairs sobbing and she said, I'm gonna fix this. And I'm like, you're not gonna fix this, this can't be fixed. And she said, no, I'm gonna fix this. So that's a Friday, right? Sunday night, my son calls me and he, at 11 o'clock at night and he goes, Ma, I said, what? He goes, do you know you're on GoFundMe? I said, I don't know what that is. He said, you're on GoFundMe. And he tells me how to go get it. And Brooke Larson, who's my good friend, had put up a GoFundMe campaign to help save the magazines and um, didn't tell me. I didn't know anything about it. Raised $50,000 in a week. I wrote 750 thank you notes for people who donated money. And that was just in January, right? So, um, I mean, it's just... That's the community. That's the quiet people behind the scenes who are there for you when somebody reaches out and says she needs help and it's for all of us. So I'm all about community. I mean, I don't know where I would be without all of these women. Many of them I've never met and will never know, right? Right, right. but there's something about, and I've noticed it in 16 years with my Camp Experience Network. We always say we attract the people, the right people, the right places and the right connections for your life and your business. And some people have come in, sold a bunch of high price stuff, scammed some people, you know, been really takers and you can almost smell them, you know, in a weird way, whether it's on a Zoom call. If someone comes in and all I want to do is cram through their idea, pass out a bunch of, you know, digital business cards and, and get you, all my girls are so well-trained. They're all like, awesome. You know, we're, we're gathering purses for homeless people. So do you want to donate a purse for underappreciated women? Because we're going to fill that with some um, jewelry and some scarves and put a gift card and we're going to take it to people on the street. Are you in for that? And of course, the self-serving, you know, not right place people aren't going to vibe with us who puts doing good and having fun first. So we just go hug and release, hug and release. We'll see you. 
Totally, totally get you. Well, tell everybody a little bit about the magazines and the community around them so they can kind of know how they can plug in. And uh, then you get to pick a card from the Dream Big Deck, which is always the fun part. So tell them now what's going on with the magazines. Well, with my new publisher, which is Matavor Creative out of Boston, we're focusing on where women create and what women create. And um, it it's all about the studios and where and the um, what these women actually create and what. And uh, the community is so important because people refer friends. I need a big community or the magazines get repetitive, right? Because I have certain things I like. So if it's always about me, but when people, I get hundreds and hundreds of emails and they're always telling me about their friends and the store owners and who I need to know. And which is why I like to speak at events like Colorado Women's Day or places like that, not because I want to hear myself talk, but because I want to meet everybody there so they can introduce me to everybody they know so that our community grows exponentially. And then I can help them because we can do features on them. And now we're building an enormous website. Matavor is uh, the impetus because technology terrifies me, but um, I'm a print gal. Uh, but I think now we'll be able to reach and feature even more women than we could before. Well, that is exciting. Tell everyone where to find you if they want to know to subscribe to the magazines. Um, I got a nice combo deal. So I got to get both magazines because I'm like, hey, hey, I love a good combo deal. So tell them uh, the website where they would find you and uh, find out more information. It's just wherewomencreate.com. And let me give you a little hint. Uh, when you're a subscriber, always make sure you get a deal because what we've never had a subscription program. So I didn't know about subscriptions till I went to work for Matavor. But um, companies who have subscribers always offer a deal. So just wait for a holiday and then you'll get a really good deal. Or you can buy it at Barnes and Noble and Whole Foods and Joann's and Michael's and all the high-end grocery stores. So we have really, really good distribution. Yeah, that's where I had always bought mine. You know, it when you're in line at Joann's or Michael's, that would always call you your Where Women Create magazine. And um, yes, and it, it's very exciting. I'm so happy for my Camp Experience Network, my Global Sisterhood Network to know about you. I was talking to someone on an interview today and where she creates, this might really expand you, is on a motorcycle. She takes women on motorcycles to create. And I said, I don't know if that's a little out there for Joe, cause you know, it's a moving, but she is, I'm just got featured, just got picked up by like a big sponsor um, to help women get past their fears by learning how to ride like a woman, not like a man. And she is fabulous. Um, and I said, I'm gonna tell my friend Joe about you because you create in a very interesting space. That would be a very intriguing story, I think, for people creating. Um, well, on Boost Power Podcast, uh, I created this card deck called the Dream Big, Live Big card deck. And it's just prompts. And you're going to just attract the prompt you're supposed to get, the miscellaneous question. You're going to see it before me. And I'm going to read it to you. And this is Lights On. Joe, what lights you up? What is the thing in your world that makes you the happiest, that brings energy to you? Um, watching women help each other. I think, you know, like you're referring a friend to me, that lights me up. When when somebody will 
like you said, stop talking about themselves and talk about someone else. That makes my day and my heart very happy. Well, you are the perfect example of what we do on Boost Power Podcasts with stories that are on purpose for good. Thank you for being brave and telling us the truth because somebody listening to today's life is totally changed by hearing the story of Joe Packham, creator, editor-in-chief of Where Women Create and What Women Create magazines. You might've seen those uh, incredibly accessible through their new website, um, just but all about women finding their best life through creativity, which you know how much me, I love that. Um, thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast today. We are built for you to plug in, to get some ideas, get some energy, and to take that power that today is the first day of the rest of your life. And you can change anything in this moment by listening to this story. And I tell you, just for fun, get your coffee, get one of the magazines, put your feet up, you will be inspired. And then when you read the Joe part in the front, you're going to say, I met her on Boost Power Podcast. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We are weekly on Thursdays. We have an archive of 300 stories of women from all over the world built for you. This is your host, Betsy Pierce. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. Women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.